Hello, hello, and welcome to In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne, and as always, thank you for listening. So today I'm going to talk about mental well-being and spinning off of an Instagram post from a gal that I like to follow. Her um, name on Instagram is at Toward Wellbeing. She's a psychologist and she has a new book out called Teaching Kids to Be Kind. And she shares a lot of really, really good information. And our mental well-being, I think it's missed a lot because we're busy and we think that we are taking care of it, but when we're not really sitting down and being intentional, a lot of times we're not. And I mentioned in one of my other podcasts how it's really easy to ignore things when we're busy. And that right now we're in a season where we've been forced to slow down. And what's going to be revealed in this time is precious because I've taken these times for myself, even when I'm in the hustle and bustle of life, just because I want to really let all of the dust settle and just let things kind of be still for a while and allow myself the time to really digest and process everything that's going on in my life. Oftentimes we end up being and I say this a lot, that I'm a computer that's constantly got that thinking sign going on. Thinking, thinking, thinking. And I have too many windows open. Too many tabs that are just going all these different ways. You got to close down the tabs. You got to let that process. You got to digest it. And oftentimes that brings really good insight. So Our mental well-being, I think, is going to be the first and foremost thing that I think we need to focus on right now and remembering that when it comes to ourselves, we have to be doing this because this is going to help our children. And I know this because I was a child of a parent that was not able to do this for herself and how that affected me. The first thing we're dealing with here is the fact that we're also stuck educating our children at home. And I mentioned in my, I think it was yesterday I did a story, and I mentioned that right now I am talking and hearing from a lot of moms that seem very stressed and feel like this is a time that's destroying their relationship with their kids because It's just fighting with them and stressing about things and they're just so worried about not having their child ready for school next year. But in the end of the day, I can totally agree with feeling that way because I, for the first couple weeks, was just in like crisis mode and not really allowing myself the time to really digest my thoughts and do these things that are these things going through my head? Do they make sense? And how can I change them or think about them? So I would say to you, if that's where you're at, where I've arrived is realizing that everything we do is a teaching moment for our kids. They're learning. And the number one thing they're going to learn right now is how to deal with a crisis because that's where we're at. And if we aren't dealing with this crisis, 
they're not going to learn how to deal with the crisis. So then the next time a crisis happens, they're not going to be equipped to know how to really handle a crisis situation, how to deal with their emotions. If we are not addressing our children's emotions about this, then it's just my opinion. We're not really serving our children well for the future because that is the number one thing they need to know how to do is process their emotions. And I can say that in all my years and all of my therapy and all of my stuff that I've been through, I've realized that there are a lot of adults that don't know how to do that. And that's because most of the time, if you talk to them about their childhood, they grew up with parents that didn't teach them how to process their emotions because the parents didn't either. And so emotions were ignored. And so I'm not saying that to put anybody down because emotions are not easy and emotions are not always something that you want to deal with. Maybe you don't even understand your own emotions. So what I wanted to do was talk about a lot of the good information that I get from um, toward well-being and her page. But I also wanted to talk about a recent post that she posted saying looking after your mental well-being and how I'm doing the six things on this list a little bit more intentionally that I wasn't that I really wasn't doing before and I've before this pandemic even happened I started to make some major changes towards some things and it's really really helped so I want to talk about all six things and sort of ways that I've implemented some change and just my thoughts behind it to go a little bit further into the list and I hope that what I share if something is kind of like a spot for you in your life um, maybe it might spark a little bit more of a conversation in your world as well so the first one is rest and it says not a guilty word and it's okay to take a break this was something that I really really struggled with because Ever since becoming a mom seven years, over seven years ago, um, you know, that just became something that I just wasn't able to do. And, you know, it was easier to do it with my first than with my second. It was a little bit harder. Third, when you have four kids, it becomes a non-existent thing for you to rest because especially being somebody that does not have any help. Um, from family, I don't have a big, you know, community of people that are there to come in and help. And I don't say that to put myself like I'm a, ma- a martyr. I'm, I don't feel sorry for myself. It's just my situation. Um, but uh, most of what my husband and I do, or most of what we have, we build ourselves. We have worked very hard and we do it on our own. We, we get very little help. And I'm not saying that help is a bad thing. I, I do think that we should have been given more help. But it just wasn't in our story. Um, but if it's not in your story, it does not mean it cannot be possible if you want it bad enough. So rest became something that I just never really took the time to do. I couldn't. You know, I've got my goals and I got my things that I want to accomplish. I have four kids and I know that wanting what I want and the life that I'm working hard to build 
it's gonna take the time now and I just had myself convinced that I didn't need to rest but then I got to the point where I realized that's not healthy and it's definitely not healthy for my body but my mental well-being because I know who I am and I know that I need that time even if it's not a lot of time I need that time in silence to be able to process my thoughts and do things that allow my creativity to come out so I can be be more of who I really am because in not resting I started to not really be really who I was and I didn't want my kids not knowing really who I was being tired all the time um, leads to a lot of unhealthy behaviors. So the next thing is move your body, even if you have to set a timer. So this is something that I've always loved to do. It's never been a downfall for me. I Ever since I was a little girl, I loved exercising, dancing, movement. That's where I feel the most creative. That's how I relieve stress. I love to dance, so sometimes it's just a matter of putting on music and dancing. And this is something I used to love to do so much before I had kids. And I realized I stopped doing that for myself. I just stopped for some reason, just put putting on music and just like creatively, very organically dancing and moving. Coming up with my own choreography. All of those things stopped. And after so long, you start to realize that's a part of who you are. So movement is so, so, so important. Um, I want to go back to rest, though, because I feel like, well, no, I'm going to keep moving on. So move your body. I want to see how this is all going to tie together. Move your body, yes. So this has become very a little bit more difficult for me just because of time and the fact that if you don't have a lot of time and you're in that season like I am of once again having a newborn that you're not getting any rest what do you do with the little bit of pockets of time that you do have do you move your body or do you rest so I have found that there's a really happy medium there and that although I really am a big advocate of moving your body I have had to pick rest over that many times just because I, th- I honestly think rest is more important if you're going if you if you're kind of like at a point where you're starved in both places what do you pick I would say rest with when you feel good then do a quick exercise something quick just 20 30 minutes most um, something and I think that we can move our body more than we think we can if we look at our daily schedule and and making other things a daily part of our day. Um, And moving our body can happen with our kids too. But I would say I've been there where it's like, oh, I have a little bit of time. Do I do a quick workout? Because that's going to keep me on track of moving my body or do I rest and there's going to be times though when you rest more than move your body and and I have been in those seasons where I feel like all I do is lay around and I will say that I I was almost forced into this and this is kind of I believe God's way of halting me at times when I'm not hearing the, that little gut instinct or voice to say slow down listen you know um 
when I was pregnant with Lily, I literally one day woke up and I couldn't walk and I had to be in my bed. And I all of a sudden found myself in a lot of pain. I could not walk. Um, I had some issues with my um, pelvis and, you know, the position she was and sciatica and I found a wonderful chiropractor who helped me, but it took me a little bit to get back and I'm still working on my strength. And, um, but you know, I had to take time to really just rest when I, and it was hard for me because I felt like it was like, it says it's not a guilty word. I felt so guilty every single day when I feel like it kind of goes along with where we are right now in that you know, we're given all this time and let's use it wisely. Like I felt, I just spent so many days just feeling so guilty and like annoyed and mad that I couldn't get out of bed and I wasn't doing more movement and those things. And then I realized, no, I'm going to use this time. And I did. And I read some, I read books that are, were so, I just needed to hear the information that was in them. I was able to reflect. I was able to plan, get things taken care of that I would have never been able to do or would have been making the time to do if I wouldn't have been in my bed having to just give my body the time to rest because I wasn't kind to myself and I put myself in a bad situation because I wasn't being kind to myself. So that's sort of my take on that talk things over. So she says Zoom, Facebook, etc. Um I think this is important too. I've I've heard of other people reaching out and having parent Zoom calls. I've been recently asked do I want parent Zoom calls because mostly it's been focused on the kids and yeah, I think that's a great thing. I think that I really miss that connection with parents and other adults to being able to talk. I miss connecting with my neighbors and those friends. You know, I feel like we're very distant with everybody anymore. And, um, you know, I feel like when we are talking, we're talking about the current situation, but we're not asking each other, how are we doing with, you know, how are we doing? We need to be talking to each other about this and we need to find friends that can be diplomatic about it and understand that everybody is where they're going to be and not be there's way 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 too much finger pointing going on right now judgment going on I mean Facebook is just like a cancer right now to be honest I think Um, I try not to feed into it but then I also feel like you know you also need to kind of share how you feel about things too at times because sometimes it is way too to one side and and it's like we can't keep letting people believe that what they're saying is really truth because that's not a good place for these people to mentally be filled with such anger and not wanting to understand that everybody is going to have a place where they come from with this um so writing a list or a journal, um, the act of putting pen to paper helps us. This is another thing that I've recently started doing. Another gal that I follow, at, she's Simply Sadie Jane, and she does all kinds of really neat stuff that she provides. But one is a journaling course. And it is so helpful because she gives you journaling prompts for every day. 
and she talks about it a lot and she kind of reflects and in just her sharing sort of her thought process with things has really been helpful to me and journaling and putting pen to paper. I was one of those people that didn't think I needed to do that, but I, then I remembered I used to do that a ton when I was young I had a journal and that was like my outlet. That was my therapy. That was my that was my way of coping. And and I kind of forgot that part of myself. And it wasn't until I was open to doing it that I thought, wait a minute, we can shut off these pieces of who we are. And we almost like forget who we are. We get disconnected with ourselves at times. And that's a little scary, you know? So that was reignited for me to find a way to journal and journaling our dreams is also something that is interesting. And I truly believe that you can learn things about yourself and how you're feeling just by journaling your dreams. So when you get up and you've had a dream, you can remember or talk about it or journal it. I would say journal it and look at it. I think I'm pretty in tune with my emotions and know kind of where I'm at, but even I have been able to say, whoa, okay, I think I might be struggling with this right now. You know, it might be a good way if you're not super like sure how you even feel right now to, we, we, a lot of, um, stuff gets revealed in our sleep. We digest and cope with things in our sleep that is like subconscious. So it's really interesting. This is also something I learned when I was in counseling years ago and um, going through some stuff and working it out. And it was really interesting to learn about how our brains really work that when we're sleeping that you may not be aware of. So um, Simply CD Jane is a good resource or just sit down and journal how you feel. This has helped my seven-year-old tremendously with some anxieties and issues emotionally that she has had that she trapped inside and didn't even feel like she could talk about. And she has a really neat journal that I found that asks like little questions at the bottom. It has faces for her to circle how she's feeling. And then she talks about it, you know, and that's a way for her to journal. And that has been something that her teachers have been so amazing to help me with in um, allowing for when she started back at the private school that we go to. They would, if they noticed that she was having a little bit of trouble and was struggling, they would give her that time to go aside and do do something that made her feel better. And I mentioned, you know, it's journaling, I think, you know, ask her, but I think it'll be journaling. And they said, you know, she'll go over and she'll do some journaling and they'll talk to her and just her knowing that they care about how she feels um, made a world of difference. So it's amazing the... Um, what that can do for you to actually put pen to paper. But again, this is going to take that time to give yourself to rest, um, to be doing these things. Um, asking for help does not show weakness. This was huge for me because in my life, I've never had anyone that really wanted to help me. I've had people that have pretended that they want to help me, but they were never serving me. They were just serving themselves. And I don't know if you can relate to that, but I don't know, maybe you have someone in your life that you question who they're serving. But I just never did. I never had anybody that really wanted to serve me. 
and help me. I've, I've never really had anybody do much for me. I mean, I've had, and I shouldn't say that because looking back, I have a lot of people that I am super, super, super thankful for, for sure. Like I shouldn't say that, but as far as, you know, the bigger percentage is that most of the time I don't have anybody to really help me. I don't have, I've never had a mother and I haven't had many mother figures either that have been healthy. I will say I've had one who I, when I got my very first job, had a couple of them actually, but one particular. And till this day, I'm just, she is a special place in my heart because she did. She saw something in me that nobody else saw and she helped me. She guided me and she was there for me in happy times when not even my own mother was. So I can't say I've been completely 0%, but Overall, asking for help does make me feel weak. And this is also just my personality. If you get to know your personality type, um, I think it's the Enneagram, or there's even the, um, I think it's the seven redemptive gifts from God. Get to know yourself. Because you're also going to know that's just part of who you are. Asking for help is very difficult for me. And it does spark weakness in my mind. But I've had to come to a place where I realize that's not the truth and that we can have those thoughts go on in our mind that we need to get that mental well-being strong enough to be able to say that when those thoughts creep in, guess what? That's not, that's not valid. So you need to go. That's not what this is. I'm not being weak. Sometimes you need to ask for help. Do you struggle with asking for help from your spouse. Because that was a big one for me. Because for a long time, we weren't really helping each other. We existed separately. I had my job. He had his job. You know, we kind of met in the middle. Um, but did I really feel like I could go to ask him for help? Not really. And unfortunately, when we had kids... We had very unhealthy roles of what each person's role were defined as. And we weren't really a team and united. And this mostly comes from the fact that um, my husband kind of had other thoughts in the way that it would work because of the way that he was brought up and things that were being infused by family members that were kind of going against what I was kind of wanting us to be and knew was more healthy for us to be. And so there was a little bit of some struggle there. So for a while, it's not like this anymore because we went back to therapy. I insisted. We went back to therapy and we were able to talk to somebody that was able to help us realize where we were not meeting up, you know, that I shouldn't feel like that and he shouldn't feel like that, that we feel weak when we ask our spouse for help. That's not what marriage is intended to be. It shouldn't be. Um, you should feel like you can ask that person for help. They should be that person. And so this right now where we are with this pandemic, it, we're in our homes with our spouses a lot more now than we were before because nobody can go anywhere. So this is the time that you're probably struggling the most potentially. This is the time when potentially a lot of stuff's being revealed because things have slowed down. 
So this is the time when you're going to need help the most, potentially. This is the time when you need to be wise and making good decisions and become united. Because how are we going to come out of this really determines on what we're doing right now. So the reality of that is, is you're going to need to ask your spouse for help because unfortunately you don't have very many other options. We're very limited. We're not being able to see our family members that were help. We're not able to have all of the resources at our fingertips that we did before. That's the reality. And that's hard, right? So we're going, we might have to start being like, okay, you know, like, could this be a little bit better? Could we work? I mean, because I believe that two is better than one individually. It really is. And that's what we're designed to be. Even as humans, we're meant to come together and more can be created together. So I feel like all of these kind of tie very nicely together, but how does that work? You know, a way that my husband and I, the last one though, I don't want to forget this one before I move on is be kind to yourself. Through all of this, you're going to possibly start to feel, you're going to have those days when you're going to be like, I feel like crap. I know I've had them. You feel like a failure. You're like, I'm not, I'm not doing well. I'm not, I'm not doing the things I should be doing. You know, you're going to start being like, well, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm just like a bad mom. I'm a bad wife. And you know, you're going to have time to think about things that make you feel bad about yourself. Be kind to yourself because nobody's perfect. We don't have all the answers. When you have these kids, they don't come out with instruction manuals. You don't, you just don't know, you know, it's just, and there's nothing wrong with making mistakes. There's nothing wrong with not being perfect. What's wrong is when you realize that there's a problem or something could be addressed and you don't do it because fear, or you believe you don't deserve that life that, that you see on the other end. Because you do. And you can get there. So let's move on to asking for help. And if this is hard for you to do with your spouse. So I wasn't resting. I mentioned that. I wasn't resting. I wasn't being kind to myself. That put me in a bad situation. And let's go back to when I couldn't walk and I couldn't move and I couldn't, I wasn't physically where I wanted to be in my last pregnancy. And that made me feel crappy. But I had to be kind to myself. I had to be understanding. I had to ask my husband for help. I did. I had to. And it didn't feel good at first. But I also needed to communicate with him how I felt with my emotions, my feelings. We needed to be very open like we had learned to do in our counseling sessions together that we talk about it, how we're feeling. We lay it all out. And if that means, you know, journaling or writing it out and if, you know, verbally communicating isn't your thing, then write it out. My husband struggles with that. But when he was able to actually just write it out or text me, um, 
versus a verbal conversation, that helped him because he was unable to feel like he could talk to me when we were talking to each other. Because, I mean, I do. I overtalk sometimes. I get passionate. I get mad. And I can dominate a conversation. And I, I had to be aware of that, that, you know what? It's valid. This is happening. So, you know, I had to learn how to ask him for help so that I could get rest and I can move my body. And I'm having to do that again right now to say my word. So here we are. And I all of a sudden got in a rhythm. I thought I had it all figured out how I was going to fit everything in that I needed to do. And now all of a sudden, this COVID-19 happened. And within a blink of an eye, we all of a sudden can't go anywhere. Our kids are at home. We need to educate them at home. And we have a crisis on our hands. So now I've got even more to do in less time. I also need to navigate our small business, make pivots and changes. And we need to be figuring out between my husband and I, who's going to tackle what when it comes to calling everybody, figuring out what's financially what's happening, what options we have, processing loans and what is available to us, what should we do, what shouldn't we do. Um, trying to look into the future to see how are we coming out from this. And we're doing all of this while trying to con- keep our business also the things that need done on a daily basis that just don't go away. We're coming up on tax time, so we were in the midst of that. I'm a realtor. I have 14 hours of continuing ed I need to continue finishing. Um, we have four kids. Now all of a sudden we have to educate them at home. What does that look like? And we don't get more time. So this list has been so key right now to what I have been trying to do, which is, you know, talk things over, journal, take care of yourself, get rest. I've had to, my husband started to see that I was not getting enough rest. I was not getting enough of things, time to do the things that allow me to feel like I can deal with the crisis. Moving my body is a huge stress relief for me and I wasn't doing that and I was bottling it all up. I was clenching my jaw so hard that I could hardly move my jaw some days. I was in excruciating pain from tensing. I was having really bad dreams, just feeling like this is not the way I want to cope with this. So I had to ask my husband for help and he's had to ask me for help. And we sat down, we got a plan together to where he has Saturday mornings, he gives me my time and Sunday mornings that, you know what? That's my time. I get to sleep in those mornings. He gets up and he, unless, you know, for some reason he needs that extra rest and we'll give that to each other. For the most part, he lets me rest because I'm primarily, he helps, but I'm primarily the one that still gets up. I have still have a baby that nurses at night sometimes. Um, so also because of the health issues that are hitting our country, if you're not rested, you're going to get sick. Your, your immune system is very highly compromised when you are not getting enough rest. So those are my mornings that I know I can sleep in. I can be slow. I can lay in my bed. I can rest. I can journal if I need to. I can move my body if I choose to because I know that he's going to have the kids and I don't have to be fixing problems for that morning. 
Um, I'm able to just read things I need to read that do whatever I need to do to be kind to myself. And I have come to realize that that is not weak. I'm still working through that, but it's not. The fact I used to feel like really crappy that I'd be laying in bed till 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning. But you know what? I feel so much better. And I have the energy now to move my body more than I did before. And that feels amazing because that, I mean, exercising, it does wonders for your body and wonders for your mental stability. It really does. Definitely does. And I've been doing, I mean, I do beach body workouts and they're very positive talking, but I've also started um, the Peloton app where I go on my own treadmill and my own bike and do their workouts. And I'll tell you what, they're just so inspirational and uplifting. They're playing good jams. 20 minutes of that, I just feel like I could just tackle life so much better. 20 minutes. And I didn't think I had the time to give myself that. I'm so much better for just doing it, you know? And, and, and we get stuck in this rut. So I hope that these things that I share, as I always say, are helpful um, I feel like we're all in this together and oftentimes we can read these posts like this particular one from toward well-being and we read through the list and we're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And we move on. But I think that the whole premise here that I want to make is that when we actually take the time to sit down, write it out. I, I mean, you can't see it, but I have my piece of paper. I'm going to shake it around. And I wrote it out and I worked it, worked through it. What does each one look like for me? How can I put it together? How can I make two things work for one and multitask the two? Um, I can say that I feel so much closer to my husband since we have been able to sit down and he honors me and gives me time. And I honor him and do that for him. And that's kind of an uncomfortable exercise for us because we never did that for each other. And we've been married 20 years. And we just did not do that for each other. We just, we existed so differently. And it was okay. But it just wasn't sustainable for us. And when we had kids, we realized... We could be so much more if we just work together a little bit better. Because to be honest, there were co-parents that weren't even married that worked better together than we were doing. And I'm like, that's not the way it should be. And kudos to them. Because that's really what it comes down to is, you know, are you being the best version, you know, for your kids? in that respect because when you're not being kind to yourself when you're not resting you're not moving your body you're not allowing yourself to be who you really are you're not being creative you're not talking to other people about real life stuff other than the weather you're not journaling or writing things down or knowing who in your life you can ask for help from that is giving you good healthy help maybe you're getting help from people right now and they're not helping you they make you feel bad about yourself for asking them. 
That's why I stopped. I had very few people, and I had one in particular, that every single time we asked for help, we just were sorry, especially me, because I was like, that's not healthy. I shouldn't be made to feel like a piece of shit because I asked them for help. I shouldn't be put down and and ridiculed and then feel like I owe them all this stuff because they did one thing for me. Like, that's not the way. I just didn't feel like that's the way it should be. You know, I'd rather just do it myself then because that's not healthy. Because then you're going right back to that. You're not being kind to yourself then. You're feeling bad the whole time. The whole time they're giving you that time, you're not getting anything productive and creative and and. You're not feeling stress-free because the whole time you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, is this person going to, what should I be doing right now? I mean, I even had people tell me that, you know what, if I'm going to give you this time, then this is what you should be doing and dictating what I'm even going to do with my time. Like, not healthy, not healthy. So that's a whole other topic. And I think I might have touched that in another one or two podcasts that I've put out. Um, because that would go back to narcissists and a whole other topic, but not going there today. (laughs) But anyway, we're just gonna, I encourage you to, whether it's this list from at toward wellbeing or another list that maybe you've thought, hmm, that's a good list and you liked it, print it out, write it down, work through it digest it. What are you doing in those sections to um, help you right now feel like you're coping a little better? You're being kind to yourself. You're showing your kids what it looks like to actually deal with a crisis. You're thinking clear. You're feeling positive. Give yourself something to look forward to right now because so much has been taken away and we can focus a lot on that. But what do you have to look forward to? You know, when you give yourself that, then it really helps your mental stability to feel like there's still hope and like something is still being growing and prospering and being created. So I'm also going to be getting her book, Teaching Kids to Be Kind, as well, because I'm excited to use some of my rest time to... um, to read another book because I personally love to read. I'm one that I typically read things like this that are more educational um, information when it comes to my kids or, well, you know, anything like that. I don't typically read like just stories. Sometimes I do when I get into them, but that's something that I really enjoy using my rest time to do, to read a good book. Because another thing I've learned to do is read for insomnia. I used to struggle with really bad insomnia. Reading was a really good thing for me. It helped me before I went to bed to uh, just be able to relax a little bit and fall asleep. So, yeah, think about it. Work through it. And I hope what I shared is bringing some value to you and know that if you are struggling, please find somebody to reach out to, somebody to talk to, someone that's going to honor your feelings and not tell you that the way you feel is wrong and that you shouldn't feel that way and tell you to submit, you know, put them away and not deal with them because you can't do that. That's not going to help. 
you are you and you feel how you feel and there's nothing wrong with that. Find someone that's going to help you digest it, work it out, put it down on paper, figure it out, make sense of it. Um, even if silly as it sounds, you know, you may not feel loved right now by your spouse and they may be saying, well, I do love you and I do show you I love you. But you know what? If you don't feel loved, you don't feel loved. They have to honor that. You know, maybe you don't love yourself enough. And why? Where does that come from? Figure it out. There's no shame in it. Because I know for me, once I was able to figure that out, I realize I'm worthy of love. I realize that I can love myself. I realize that a lot of things I blamed myself for didn't really have anything at all to do with me at all. You know? And... It was eye-opening to realize. And it can be painful. It can cause tears. So take time with it. Be kind to yourself in the entire process. If you start to feel too bad, let up and do something that makes you feel better and revisit it later. Because you don't want to keep going down too fast, down down the shame spiral, down the guilt path. You know, we can do this. We're too hard on ourselves. So Go there, work through it, but also know when you need to take a break and reach out to somebody or do something that brings you joy and hope again. Put a bookmark in it and go back. But go back. Don't just stop because it's a process and it's a path and it's a path that's worth discovering what's next, even if it's a little scary and you're not even sure where the path's leading you. I think that this time right now in this pandemic's also made me realize that we're scared to do that because we want to know what's next. Right now, we're stuck in a situation where we have no idea what's going to happen next. We have no idea how this is all going to play out. That's our life, I think, in general, that we don't want to address those times. We don't want to go down those paths. We don't want to we need to know and have all the answers or else it's too scary. And I totally 100% believe that. And feel that because I've been there. I've been there. Trust me. So I know how that feels. But it's worth it because I've also been willing to go down that path. And be so surprised that what ended up at the end was so much better than I could have ever even imagined. You know, there's times when we have our plan A and that's our only option, right? And we think... We don't want plan B. We, this is our plan. But what if plan B is better than plan A? What if plan B turns out to be so much better? You just don't even know. Right? And I have lived that so many times where I've been forced to go plan B with a really bad attitude and a lot of anger. And I look back and think, oh my word, plan B was so much better. And I went about it with a really shitty attitude. But that's just life. That's learning. That's growing. I think that's part of why I'm okay with being 40. Because you know what? I'm so much wiser than I was when I was 20. You know, I might have had a better body. But, you know, mentally, I'm so much better and stronger because I've experienced more. You know, there is something to be said about the older generation. If you find the right people... They have a lot of knowledge to share. You know, we should be talking to the moms that have the kids that are older than us because they've been there, done that. And if you see a family that's kind of where you want to be down the road, talk to them. 
ask them what they did because they've been there and done that. It, it can be a really good thing. So just knowing that you're talking to the right people that are going to lead you in the right path to what you want, to what you really want. And maybe that's something that you still need to establish. Where are you even going and what do you even want? I know I struggled with being somebody that could project out to the future. For so long, I was so stuck in the past because I had so much junk. Um, and I was like either in, in the now or the past. And it's been really good being able to look f- into the future. But you got to get that stuff in the past. You only go back to make your future better. Otherwise, don't go there. Because the past doesn't have anything good for you unless it's getting you to a good place in the future. So I'm going to end with that. And until next time, this is In the Studio with Anne podcast. I'm Anne. Thank you for listening.